the Catholics, I think, don't need to have all the fun, and for way too long, what's passed for Protestant political theory or political theology has been uh, baptized liberal assumptions, um, especially on the question of church and state and public religion, um, more or less adoption of Supreme Court dicta to stand in for uh, the tradition. Um, specifically a post-war conception of many of the things that are in play here and where the, the conversation is going. Um, this is to our chagrin, and I think it's time for a corrective, and I think many are willing to do so. Um, but we're looking for a model or for a historical referent in order to seriously reconsider the sacred cows that have often been uh, too nearly protected. Um, again, we don't have to let the Catholics have all the fun. We don't have to refer to 19th century papal encyclicals, although those are very instructive, and I encourage you all to read them. We also don't have to look to Eastern European countries, although I'd also remind the Catholics that Orban is a self-professed Calvinist, and I'm not sure why they, they keep going over there. Um, <laughs> but we have our own historical referent, and um, some have called my, my shtick, or my, my, the thing I've been working on the past couple years to look back at uh, our own history as, as cosplaying or LARPing, um, and all that exposes is the lack of political imagination in most of our uh, quote-unquote public intellectuals, or, the, or at least Twitter intellectuals. Um, so we need, it, it need not be foreign, the model that we look to as a corrective, and we need this corrective. We need a contrast in order to uh, illuminate the causes and effects of the liberal order that we now live under. Um, unfortunately, in order to perform this exercise, we have to swipe away a lot of liberal revisionism of our own history um, that has been uh, somewhat nefariously set in place and uh, in ingrained in us. Um, John Adams in 1783 instructed the Abbe de Mobley, and as an American, Anglo-American Protestant, I intentionally mispronounce French anytime I get a chance, um, but he instructed the French philosopher that if he wanted to understand the meaning of the new republic uh, that had then sprung up, he had to look back at the colonial period, specifically the 17th century, um, and few then and few now truly understand this period. Uh, the liberals in particular take uh, evident glee in caricaturing and demonizing um, our founding fathers. As Gordon Wood has pointed out, up until Lincoln, the phrase capital F founders would have more likely referred to someone like John Winthrop than George Washington. These were the founders of the country that the, the 18th century forebears that we have thought of as setting the tone and, and demonstrating the character of what the people was supposed to be, um, specifically English uh, people for the most part and also distinctly Protestant for the most part as well. Um, so what I'd like to do for uh, the, the time remaining is look at a few assumptions, uh, bases for a new mood of approach to church and state and public religion that are drawn from that period that will in some way inform us about what we actually have had and perhaps what we should be. Uh, for all both of you who read stuff that I write, uh, this will be pretty boring because you've heard it all before. Um, but for the rest of you, it may, it may be new. Uh, first thing to learn from specifically New England, and I think New England does set the tone. As Perry Miller pointed out, uh, the, the colonists that come to Massachusetts Bay in 1630 are the first politically self-conscious colonists uh, to come. It's not an economic enterprise. Uh, more importantly, it's not Anglican. So it's, uh, it's a good model to look at because they are coming to establish a, a social, political, and religious order in their own image. 
They're not coming for religious liberty for all. They're not coming for uh, as harbingers of liberalism. They're coming as basically pre-modern people to establish a society for themselves. Um, the first principle that you have to operate on uh, if you're in Massachusetts Bay in 1630, most of us wouldn't have survived, is that politics can't be predicated on division, the assumption of division, the assumption of difference. Diversity is not a strength. Politics is meant to foster unity because unity is order and homogeneity at some level is necessary for unity so that you can practice the art of living together. If you foster difference intentionally, um, there's zero accountability in your political life because there's no moral basis upon which you all operate. There's no commonality. Um, the ideal for the, the Puritans was the compound moral person, a coherent whole wherein the discrete parts were knit together as one man to invoke Winthrop's model of Christian charity. And to control uh, this unity was a shared religion, a prerequisite for a community, as even John Jay still recognized in Federalist II. The second premise would be that this organic, this basically medieval socio-political outlook had institutional implications for the structures of authority in society had to mirror the individual and the collective anthropology uh, that defines man. Otherwise, it's merely a corpse. And so if we find in, so we find in New England, um, the Protestant revival of the Galatian formula for church and state stripped bare of the late medieval uh, innovations from Boniface. The two powers inf instituted by God um, and their authority is, is complementary and mutually supportive, not antagonistic, given that both powers receive their authority directly from God and not mediated through one or the other. It must be the case that the two can live harmoniously um, and not in conflict. As the Cambridge Platform in 1648 outlines, the two twins of government, the language they borrow from Thomas Cartwright, um, it's, it represents there the, the, the commonwealth must grow up together in its two powers. This is why they consider themselves blessed. Um, but neither power violates the juridical boundaries or the legislative competency of either. Um, but in, in their own way, both being derived of God, they lead man to his final and chief end. And if you know your catechism, you know what that is. Um, and this is a key post-liberal insight uh, that we find in New England, in our own soil. Um, it's that always and everywhere this is, in fact, the case. All government receives moral content from outside of itself. It receives it from the religion um, that is the church, and there's always and everywhere a church. You can just look around and ask yourself today if there's still, uh, if heterodoxy is still um, investigated rigorously, if blasphemy laws are in place, um, and then your only question is what faith animates the blasphemy that's being punished? Um, what is the civil cult that is being defended uh, as the moral adhesive for society? So religion has to be a basis for unity. It has to be, it cannot uh, be a publicly atheist regime that we try to foster um, and because it will provide no moral imperative, no moral content to our laws and to the way we live together. Um, lastly, the Protestant Reformation um, and its progeny sought to re rehabilitate the religious role of the magistrate, which uh, follows from their model of church and state. Um, countless New England election sermons, something that, that everyone I think should read as part of the American canon, or several of them, um, present this, this model where God's vicegerent has received his power from God. Um, he's charged with man's good. 
He's charged with pursuing justice and promoting the good, as Brad talked about. But since man is not just a beast, and he's not a mere body, but also has a soul, his good is not merely material. And so if his good is not merely material, there is a religious interest the magistrate necessarily has to be a good magistrate, to promote the good, and to promote the common good of of all his citizens. Hence, the maintenance of religion was the magistrate's chief task, the, the election sermons continuously say. Since he himself lacks the direct competency, however, to promulgate doctrine, this man- manifest is a support for the spiritual power in her doctrine and her teaching and her well-being, as well as providing an example of piety for the people that he himself animates. And we've, I think, of late, perhaps more than ever, realized the necessity of considering the character of the ruler that we put in place uh, for the structure is very difficult to change. So he has to, he has to exhibit the piety that the people are supposed to, supposed to themselves embody. And this is not so far away from the medieval view that when the coronation happens, when the king is put into, is installed, that he himself becomes the polity and that his well-being and his specifically religious and moral conduct will trickle down through the rest of the populace and animate the polity as a whole. John Davenport, the founder of New Haven, uh, said that this, this public preeminence for religion, specifically Christ's religion, um, was the root of man's happiness. And there they find their true highest good. We might say their, their happiness as even Jefferson would have somewhat still recognized in the Declaration of Independence. This is the truly highest and universal common good that must be promoted even by government if it is to be just. When government does not promote it, we wonder why there is no justice between man. And that's because we cannot have justice between man if there's not justice done to God first. And again, Richard Baxter describes a commonwealth that is devoid of religion, devoid of the true religion, as a mere corpse, not a real commonwealth, because a commonwealth is body and soul, reflecting man's anthropology. And where his soul is sick, the polity will be sick as well. Um, so I think these, these premises are ones that can be readopted and adjusted for context, adjusted through prudence, as all good rulers should do. But there are things that we need to recover to enter the conversation that's being, been had without us for far too long and re-enter the fray with our own ideas, native to our own soil and religion, um, in order to see if we can revive something of the soul of our own commonwealth. Thank you.